Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome today Will Rind, founder and CEO of Granite Shares, a family of two exchange-traded funds, ETFs, one on commodities and one on high-yield investments. He speaks to us from their headquarters in New York City. Will, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Good to be on. So, Will, you started life in Aberdeen, Scotland. You've spent 16 years as a veteran of uh, the ETF industry, which puts you really at the cradle of that industry 16 years ago. And then a few years ago, you started Granite Shares to create unique ETFs that others were not offering. And today we're going to talk about your HIPS, U.S. High Income ETF, focused on high income investments. So first of all, give us a brief background of yours, will you, Will? Thanks, Charlie. Um, well, as you rightly said, I'm actually from Scotland, so a town called Aberdeen on the northeast coast of Scotland. So it's about 40 miles north of St. Andrews, for those of you that are golf fans. Um, but Aberdeen is, well, the nickname is the Granite City um, because it's literally made out of or built by with granite um, that was quarried uh, within the actual confines of the city. Uh, so it looks it looks kind of gray. It's all made of granite. And so the nickname is Granite City. And that's really where the name Granite Shares came from um, as a kind of nod to, to the heritage of where I'm from. Hey, that's good to hear. I, I thought Granite was probably re related to a, you know, solid foundation kind of thing, which, of course, it certainly could be also, but was unaware of the connection of uh, Aberdeen and, and Granite here. So the hip strategy here. Um, so you've taken an index of high-yield investments, and then you invest through that index with about 300 positions and are able to create a very diverse group of high-index investments that pay a very uh, uh, high-yield investments that pay very attractive yield today, which, of course, everybody knows is not available in every corner. So tell us what you did and how you've done it here. Yeah, sure, Charlie. Well, I think the um, the challenge is, first of all, you know, how to get income in this environment and how to get meaningful income in this environment. And, you know, at a, at a high level, if you look at um, the traditional ways of doing that, you have stocks and you have bonds. And so if you go into the stock market and you get the, the S&P 500 or an index such as that, you probably at the moment have a yield of somewhere somewhere in the region of 2%. Um, on that. And of course, you go into the bond market and you buy you know, a broad, broad U.S. bond exposure, such as the, the Barclays aggregate, um, or even into the high yield space, you're looking at somewhere in the region of 3% for something like the, the Barclays ag. And then for high yield bonds, you know, the, the most risky um, in terms of the bonds, but the highest yielding, um, you're looking at somewhere around 5%. So those have been the traditional ways of doing it. And even at 5%, you know, a lot of people would say, well, that's not that much yield, and you're taking on a lot of risk to get that with these high-yield bonds. And with interest rates going up and bond prices going down, you know, maybe that's not such a great idea. And so what HIPS does 
is actually does something a little bit different and takes a new class of security, something that you probably all heard a lot about um, in the course of the most recent tax reform bill, called pass-through securities. And pass-through securities are a class of security that literally distribute almost all of their income um, out to their shareholders. And pass-through securities typically are things like REITs, they're things like MLPs, uh, Master Limited Partnerships, things like business development companies or BDCs or closed-end funds. So what HIPS does is actually put together a portfolio of these pass-through securities. Think of it as almost like a, an S&P 500 of the pass-through security world and then packages that in an index. And that index at the moment yields somewhere just under 8%. And so the main benefit is, is not just the, the high yield, but it has a lower risk than some of the other sector-specific things. So once you start getting into the highest yielding ETFs in the market, typically, although you're getting yields in that sort of 7 to 9% range, you're taking a specific sector bet in most cases. You're betting on a you know, financial services companies or you're betting on uh, MLPs specifically or preferred stocks. But what HIPS does is actually diversify across all these different asset classes within the or categories within the pass-through world and are able to deliver that that high income, which is a bit different from your traditional equities and bonds. Right. Now, now Will, um, what are the qualifying criteria for a uh, fund to be put into your mutual fund, into your ETF here? Certain size, uh, certain level of... Uh, uh, of yield that they're offering through dividends? What, what, how do you qualify them? So, so what we do is we uh, track um, a manager portfolio against an underlying index, um, and that underlying index uh, has a rule book just like any other index in the market. And there's a, a liquidity screen, for example, um, for uh, the different categories of pass-through securities. And typically that's an average daily trading volume uh, greater than 500,000 um, in a particular category, so be it REITs or be it MLPs. There's typically a minimum market cap size, so typically that's a billion dollars, um, which is obviously you know fairly sizable. And those kind of stipulations make, that make sure that what the portfolio actually ends up doing is holding a basket of you know, liquid, uh, high-value uh, securities that enable the fund and the strategy to deliver the kind of high yield that, that we can deliver. You know, it's interesting, Will. I, I'm uh, quite familiar, really, with the uh, four categories of investments you mentioned, the REITs, the BDCs, the MLPs, and the closed-end funds. I know, for example, that uh, the average REIT pays a dividend, I believe, of 4%, and yet there are MLPs, partially because of the prices that have dropped, that, that many of them are paying 12, 14, 15, 16 percent. Do you do any cherry picking on this or do you just do the index? Uh, do you stay away from those that uh, are so high because of the potential price volatility? How do you handle that? Yeah, so uh, as I said uh, briefly before, you know, what we do in our role as an index manager is really just to replicate and track the underlying benchmark. So the actual index itself contains those rules, some of which I was talking about. 
in terms of how the index is actually you know composed you know think of it like a recipe and so the index tells you what's in the recipe and it's our job to cook it and so what we do is we don't we don't take a view like an active fund manager would do in terms of what may be good or bad about a particular security we try and um or, or the the index is is really designed to do that and so we follow that so we just hold what's in the underlying index and then at an aggregate level the portfolio distributes what the aggregate of those uh, individual securities distribute which is where you get the high yield okay so you know well uh High yield investing does not have, I don't need to tell you, does not have the best reputation in the world, not in terms of shenanigans, but in terms of uh, the high volatility of the, uh, of the price of the underlying stock. Wh- what have you seen are the major misperceptions on the part of investors and advisors of the high yield marketplace? What do they not quite understand in your opinion? Well, I think that there, there are kind of two things. So I'll separate into into two different parts. So when people think or when people say high yield, what they almost immediately think of is high yielding corporate bonds. And that's a completely different asset class to what we're talking about, which is pass-through securities. So when people talk about high yield, typically they're talking about bonds, they're talking about risky bonds um, that have a high level of volatility and commensurately a reasonably high income. I think the, the biggest misconception is that, first of all, people don't really understand or know that this asset class uh, in terms of high hips or high income pasture securities actually exists. People automatically default, default to bonds or to stocks, but they don't think about alternative sources of income in the market. And therefore, something like this is typically a strategy that probably will go unnoticed by the majority of people because they won't be fishing in the right pond and they'll be looking for traditional equity dividends or they'll be looking for traditional bond investments and they'll miss you know something that could be quite attractive but like anything um although hips you know has this high yield we're talking about there of course is volatility within the actual underlying index itself so the strategy is definitely not immune from that just like high yield bonds the, the point of the alternative income is we think that it's a good complement to what people already own in terms of bonds or stocks because it's a different type of security and the underlyings are different and react differently to different market environments. You know, I, I've got to hand it to you, Will. You, you're taking on a, a real challenge here. I, I notice that most every week when I read Barron's Magazine, and they typically have an interview there with a, a very high-level um, investment advisor, typically in the large urban areas, and they, uh, you know, are advising on hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. And they, uh, the article will tell, and it'll show how that advisor is typically allocating the assets of their clients. And typically, they'll show for fixed income, they'll show somewhere between 15 and 30 percent, sometimes a little bit more. And almost always, it'll be a certain percentage in corporate bonds, certain percentage in government bonds, certain percentage in short-term bonds, municipals, etc. And I'm sitting there thinking, 
you know, all of this looks good because they're not telling what kind of yield those kinds of bonds are paying. Right. And the fact that when interest rates rise, all of those bonds are going to be very vulnerable to loss of principal value. So what are you doing to tell this story? Because obviously it is not being heard by these major uh, high profile investment advisors in the urban areas. Well, it's even, it's even worse than that, Charlie, because if you actually look at the majority of the, uh, the sort of websites where you can go and screen for fund data, you won't typically find a strategy or a fund like this if you're searching for yield. So the way that these typical yield screens are built into a lot of the major well-known um, fund websites that people go to to get their research, to get their information on the funds, a lot of a lot of those um, websites, they don't really again understand what this alternative income, what these pass-through securities are, and therefore they don't have a category for it. And so, what people will do is end up searching for equity dividends or searching for for yield through bonds, and this won't even appear. So, one of the major problems that we've got um, to deal with is just that awareness issue and try and you know educate people on the category and bring attention and awareness to this particular part of the market and then get data vendors, um, these kind of websites, to screen for yield properly to make sure that it's including all ETFs or all funds that have a particular yield. And therefore, you could look, um, if you screen, if you're able to screen by, by yield alone, um, which is actually more difficult to do than you might think, um, then you'd be able to see all the funds in the respective category, including this. But it, it's a challenge because there's just no many, not many people know about this. Yeah, it's very interesting. I know that uh, BDCs, I start, first started uh, looking at those seriously and, and investing in them uh, just before the 2008 meltdown. Not, not great uh, timing. And there were literally yeah. a half a dozen of them. And that was it. And today I know there, uh, well, the last I heard, there were well over 50 and I don't know, you know, the last uh, year or two, how, how many have been created. So I know that these have increased, maybe not always in popularity, but certainly in in number here. And so uh, it's... They are, and, it, and it's only going to get more popular after tax reform. So yes. what tax reform did was um, give tax benefit to pass-through securities. And tax reform was a big sort of benefit for... Uh, these pass-through securities. A lot of people that own LLCs and things would get a break um, from in terms of income tax. And what that's going to do, or it's, it's already happening, but what that's going to do is to bring more capital into the sector as people look to invest in these to take advantage of the tax benefits. But I think what we'll also start to see more of is companies actually restructuring into pass-throughs and uh, able to, again, get these kind of tax benefits that have come about through tax reform. So I think you're going to see more capital in the space, the space growing, and obviously more offerings, um, the BDCs and other such like that you're, that you're mentioning. Yeah, very interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that, so we appreciate that, that input. So as far as you can tell, Will, what type of investor or advisor is investing in your fund? Are these institutions looking for higher yield? Are they uh, retirees? Are they uh, investment advisors to allocate the funds of, of uh, their clients? 
I think it's a bit of both. Um, and certainly from what I from what I can tell and people that I've talked to, you know, I've talked to um, a fixed income manager, for example, um, who's one of our clients. And it, what, what they use it for is a complement to the other traditional fixed income investments that they have to kind of juice up the yield a little bit uh, because the yields that they can get from the fixed income market are low by comparison to something like this. So they use it as a complement something that is not fixed income, um, because again, HIPS is not fixed income, um, but allows them to juice the yield on their fourth and fixed income portfolio a little bit higher by using this. And then, of course, we, we get you know retirees, we get people who are really relying on this as part of probably other funds they would have in their, in their portfolio for income. And people, you know, the, one of the benefits of HIPS is you get a monthly uh, check, uh, which is distributed, like I said, every month, and to some people, that's very attractive. So they just want to you know, be happy in their retirement and you know, collect their check at the end of the month um, for whatever amount that, um, that the, the fund distributes. But I think for anybody who's looking for income, you know, this is something that is, is worth taking a look at. And really, regardless of whether you're retired or whether you're an institutional manager, everybody's sort of in the same boat, which is we just don't, we, we aren't able to achieve a high level of income from the traditional sources. And for some people, it's just not enough. And so you need to go to find alternative income sources such as HIT um, in order to do something like that. You know, I was at a conference a few months ago in San Francisco, and uh, more than once I heard a statement that actually goes back to a year ago, a conference that I was attending at UCLA. And the uh, manager of the UCLA Endowment Fund was a speaker, and he, he was just an exceptionally impressive, bright man. I can't pronounce his name, Indian of some type, but just very impressive guy. And he said, you know, we have real challenges today in the institutional space. He said, in order to meet our requirements, we have to generate 7 to 8% per year. He said the challenge is that years ago we could have done that fairly, we did that fairly easily through fixed income bond type of investments. But he said today we can't get close to that with bonds. And so what we have to do is we have to go into these higher risk equity type investments and we're not comfortable with that. But we really have no choice. And again, I've heard that echoed at, at, at uh, conferences since that these institutions are very uncomfortable with with having to go into the equity market play, uh, places uh, for that that yield of seven to eight percent. So what you're saying is that hey, we can create a seven to eight percent yield uh, really fairly effortlessly by going into these four different categories here. Uh, and yes, the underlying price is going to ebb and flow, but that dividend is paid out in in your case monthly. And uh, we're able to achieve the goals that we have. Uh, is that what you find in, among the institutions you're talking to? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so we, the, the HIPS fund now has just come up for its three-year track record. It's paid the same uh, distribution every month for three years. Um, so it's been very, very consistent. Um, obviously, there's no, no guarantee of that going forward, but um, that's what's happened over the last three years. And so that's very attractive to people who are looking for uh, income. And, and as you say, I mean, fund managers, whether it be institutional or financial advisors, 
a lot of clients need income and and there's just not enough income um, from a lot of these traditional sources you know it kind of says something when you look around the world and Europe in particular I don't know the the exact figure but it's at last count it was something like three or four trillion dollars worth of government bonds that yielded less than gold and of course Everyone knows that gold <laughs> yield is zero. Right. Means that all these other government bonds are yielding less than that. Um, so negative yield. And the U.S. obviously now we're raising rates, which is which is good, but it's not good news for bondholders because of that risk of principle. Yeah. So that that yeah, it would seem to us that uh, you're in a an excellent position here to uh, tell a story that that needs to be told here. So, Will, um, question we'd like to ask all of our guests. What keeps you awake at night? I think, look, I um, so, so I founded Granite Shares, you know, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, when you, when you build a business, I mean, we're still in the early stages of life, you know, as a company. And although we're growing quickly, um, what keeps me up at night is, you know, making sure that we're doing everything that we can, you know, to be successful. And, you know, I manage a team of people. I want to make sure that, that we can provide, you know, fulfilling, you know, successful uh, careers for them um, and make sure that, you know, they're fulfilling, you know, their kind of hopes and, and dreams as well and making sure that we're just doing everything we can to give the investor clients, you know, the best kind of experience they can have. Um, I think I think that's really it. It's really just the, the challenges of owning your own business and making sure that, you know, your staff are happy, making sure that your clients are happy, and making sure that you can do you're doing everything that you can um, in order to to raise awareness and and get the word out in terms of who you are and what you're doing. I think well that every business owner can certainly uh, relate very positively to that or or negatively here. Uh, <laughs> the second uh, question we'd like to ask all of our guests: What book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, I'll be honest, Charlie. I don't really read um, many investment books. Um, and the, re- the reason for that is because typically a lot of investment books I find, um, they, they don't really teach me anything that I, I kind of e- either don't know already or um, I just find the, the principles a little bit old hat for the, for the most part. So what, what, I, what I'd recommend is just books that, that I like. So I'm reading a book at the moment called um, Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. Oh, yeah, very um, This is not a new that. book. This has, yeah, been out, right. this has been out for a while, but I'll tell you an interesting story. So um, I was on uh, vacation uh, just earlier this year. Uh, I was down in Mexico, and I was actually sitting on the beach and reading this book, and uh, a buddy of mine from, from the city just so happened to be staying at the same hotel, and um, he came wandering over, and he said, oh, uh, you see you're reading this. Uh, guns, Germs, and Steel. He says, oh, that's, that's a good book. He said, oh, I've, um, I've shot guns with Jared Diamond. And I was saying, really? Like, how, how did that happen? They go, Tell me about that. And um, he said, well, I was at a conference. And so he'd been to a conference and met Jared Diamond, and Jared Diamond was giving a speech. And then there was, I guess, some kind of extra, extra activities. Um, so they had ended up talking. I said, well, how did, you, how did you meet him? How was he at this conference? And he said, oh, he was, he was invited by um, this gentleman, Steve Drobney. And um, I said, Steve Drobney of, of Drobney Capital in, in L.A.? He said, yes. And I said, well, Steve's one of my investors. And so it turns out that Jared Diamond's son actually is an investor 
through the Drobby VC in Granite Shed. Oh, wow. Um, which is kind of a amazing, you know, small world story. It is, um, it is. But I, I'd absolutely no idea. And I was reading this book, and I, I you know, I talked to, to Josh, who, who's uh, his son, you know, probably once every two weeks. And um, there I was, you know, just blissfully unaware of this connection. But it's a, it's a great book. And I, I, I'm interested a lot in, the, the reason why I'm interested in books like this is because I like the, the sort of historical element to business. I, I'm much more interested in business books and things that kind of teach you about life. And what I like about this book is, and I'm not finished it yet, but you know, it talks to a, a lot of history that I certainly had no idea about. I was sort of blissfully unaware until I started reading this. But it sort of teaches you that investment lesson that at some level, you know, nothing really is new and that we've kind of seen this before, and it's just about trying to identify what period in history or what looked and felt like this in the past, and how did that sort of play out. And I think those sort of lessons are very interesting for you know, either personal investing or professional investing, and that's sort of why I'm into to books like this. But I certainly recommend this one. It's very good so far. Well, thank you. And, Will, that was a very thoughtful response. Uh, we, we, we've asked that question about 300 times, and that was as or more thoughtful than any of the others. And so thank you very much for, uh, <laughs> for contributing that. We appreciate it. So for those who would like to know more about HIPS, first of all, the, uh, the ticker is H-I-P as in Peter, S as in Samuel. And uh, so where can they go if they uh, want to know more? Yeah, and HIPS is, HIPS is the acronym for High Income Pass-Through Securities. So the easiest way to find us is at our website, which is www.graniteshares.com, just as it sounds. Uh, on the website, you can see our ETF page. It's really, really easy to navigate. Um, and then if you go to the Contact Us section, you'll find all our contact details. And please feel free to, to reach out to us directly, of course, by phone or by email whatever you feel most comfortable with. We're very, very approachable. Okay. And then if somebody wants to hear a good Scottish uh, accent, they know who to contact here. So uh, <laughs> Exactly. But people say my accent is more English, and I'd have to agree with that because I was living in London for 10 years, and before I moved to New York and even through New York, when I go back home, people say I sound American, so I can't win <laughs> either way. Um, I'm either American for the British or English to the Americans or, or even Australian or South African. So well, you, know, you never know what you're going to get. Well, the week it, is. it sounds good on this end, believe me. So final words for our listeners here. So final words, I think that um, for anybody looking for income, certainly something like HIPS is worth some consideration. It is a challenging space in terms of how to, to generate income. I know a lot of people invest in traditional uh, traditional fund strategies such as dividends and bonds, and maybe now with interest rates you know starting to tick up, you know now is a good time to reevaluate that and have a look and see if you can maybe earn a better yield um, by investing in something that that are not bonds, and maybe look at this particular asset class, this particular part of the market called alternative income and pass through securities, and see if it makes sense for you or your clients. Will, thank you very much. Uh, thoughtful words, and uh, we really appreciate your being with us. And offer our best wishes to you. It's a uh, it's a worthy goal and task to uh, increase income to so many people who need it. The institutions, retirees, advisors, etc. So thank you again for joining us here today. Thank you, Charlie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
Again, we've been talking with Will Rind, founder and CEO of Granite Shares out of New York City. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.